Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Matty D and I recap the week that was in baseball. We look at the hot and cold teams, the best batters and hitters in the bigs, a little Phillies talk, a little minor league talk, stadium snacks, beer corner. We got it all for you. We also look at the playoffs in both the NHL and the NBA and we wrap things up talking NFL draft as that is happening this weekend. Definitely a fun podcast. Excited to hear your thoughts. As always, though, you can like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Find us on iTunes as the Bullpen Cart. Thunder BLG is where you can find us on Twitter. Thunderblog Sports is where you can find us on Instagram. Feel free to shoot us your thoughts via DM. Thunderblogsports.com is where you can find all of our great blog posts. But enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man. With me is my man, Matty D. What's going on, buddy? Well, G, you know, if you're not paying attention right now, I'm going to jump right in here. If you're not, just real quick, if you're not paying attention right now to the Phillies, because most Philadelphia fans, all they can think about are the Eagles, the uh, Sixers, and obviously the disappointment of the Flyers, and you are missing one of the hottest teams in baseball. So that's what's going on right now. Pretty fired up uh, about our Phils, and I think, I'm hoping, if they could just go ahead and maybe win a little bit more, get a couple more good wins at home where they're dominant at home. You could be looking at another Philadelphia sports team being back in, back in in vogue, if you will. Um, I just had to get that off my chest because, uh, as you can probably attest to right now, they are they are the fourth team due to lack of success over the past few years. Um, I think they'll surpass the Flyers if they are at all good this year. Yeah, I was going to say um, I, I would think just because baseball on just a completely different level has its own time. I feel like the Phillies never really lost it. I would say they never lost second to the Flyers or the Sixers. They probably or Okay. I would say they're close to losing into the Sixers now. I'd say the Flyers are four. Yeah. And, but the Sixers are making a charge to second. Yeah, I guess I'm more thinking on I'm, I'm more thinking on if you're listening to talk radio. Yeah, yeah. That's a good so point. I, you know, That's I good point. a lot of judgments on that you're getting a lot obviously the Eagles dominate at all times, there are, there's always questions coming in. Always the Eagles, a fo- but Philadelphia will always be right. a football city, especially now that we have the Lombardi Trophy. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I don't really think, and this is kind of a neat thing about the city, I don't know if there's a necessarily a team that isn't beloved. Now, the, the, the Flyers may not have the same size of fan base. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the passion of the fan base is probably equal, if not surpassing the Sixers and probably even the Phillies to an extent in terms of the passion per fan. Um, I, I think we're you we're one of the more unique cities in that regard, as in there's not kind of throwaway teams here. Every team no. is beloved. They have tradition. They have, um, yeah. And I'm mean, actually, well, you know what? I'll ask you a quick question because I thought this was pretty interesting. At first, I thought, how cool is it? And I hate this city. How cool is it that Pittsburgh, all of their teams are black and gold? Doesn't that sound great? Black and yellow. Sorry, the whole the whole is city black cool. and. But then, but then I realized, well, that's nice. First of all, it doesn't make – I mean, if you're one of those team owners, you're probably wait a second, revenue is down because I can wear my Steelers jersey to a Pirates game and I can wear my um, Penguins jersey to a Steelers game and get away with it kind well, of thing. the Pirates hat everywhere. Right, right. Now, that being said, our teams truly have 
like the flyers are just orange and black. We love it. It's a great color. Everyone wears it. You know, the Eagles have have the green, whether it's Kelly, they have the black. Um, you know, the Sixers, I love the Sixers new unis. I'm a huge fan of the red, white, and blue. I think it's a great look. And the Phillies with the red. So they each kind of have their own unique color scheme that is that differentiates them from other teams in other cities and they're all unique within themselves so it kind of forces you to be a true fan if you're going to own a piece of everything you know you can't really bandwagon i like that i the more i thought about it the more i'm happy that each one of our teams kind of has its own color and that i can say i bleed i bleed orange i bleed green i bleed red uh, and i bleed blue those are your kind of four colors i think it's fantastic so I'd agree with it, but before we scare everybody else off with how much we love sorry, our, our sorry. favorite city, we'll come back to the Phillies when we get into Phillies talk. Uh, but we thank you for uh, sticking around through this. We'll jump right into business, though. A wild yes. week Matt, in Major League Baseball. We mentioned the Phillies, but who else do you think have been hot teams? We'll start in the NL. Okay. If I had to pick one. I mean, go ahead. I was going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a team that, you know, I wasn't necessarily too high on at the start of the year, but considering where the NL Central has been to start, the Cardinals have done a lot of things right. Their pitching looks great. They're producing runs, and they're doing really well on the road, which I think, especially early on in the year, is very underrated. We were talking about that a little bit last week of where teams are playing. St. Louis kind of in that weird area of the Midwest that it's still, I think it's pretty far south latitude wise comparatively to somewhere like Philly, but it still gets the eh, icky weather. Um, So they, you know, they're okay at home, but they've done pretty well on the road. Um, And, you know, they're, they're they're putting together. They're technically a half a game ahead, or I guess they're tied with Milwaukee, but they have less losses, less wins. So a higher winning percentage, but, I mentioned they're, they're pitching 7th in ERA, 15th in whip. Uh, the batting is there. They're 11th in run scored, already over 100 in three and a half weeks of baseball. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're fighting through injuries too, which I think is the most impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a mistake to kind of write off, and I'm not saying that you did, but I think to write off the Cardinals because they've been such an incredible organization, you know, for the past – Ever, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah, you know, even farther back than that, they kind of had an off year last year. Carlos Martinez, by the way, is an is a bona fide ace to me. Gunning it one four two one four two ERA. I mean, he he's been good for years. Doesn't get a lot of credit. Uh, he's a hell of a pitcher, and they just kind of have that kind of team this year with enough, a little bit of everything, and they do. They have a great. I know they say they're winning on their own. They have one of the best ballparks and a great home field advantage. Yeah. Um, you know, that they can kind of lean on, which I think is so impressive. Um, and they've yeah, never been quietly who can be good. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I've never been, I've never been to Bush stadium too. I went to Bush one, uh, back in the day. It's last year. I saw my dad and I went out and saw the Phillies play there. Uh, really cool atmosphere down in St. Louis. They really love their, their Cardinals. Yeah, uh, we talk about, you know, who, you know, is it a football town? Obviously St. Louis no longer has a team, but they, are a very big baseball town. So it's a cool experience. If you've never been, I, I highly recommend going out there and I, I definitely need to check out Bush stadium too. Yeah. I actually, I, so I've actually never been in Bush stadium. Number two. Uh, I was out in St. Louis, got to walk around the stadium. I think they actually are happy. And we talked about this before in a previous pod or maybe a blog. I'm not sure. Maybe we just had this discussion, but 
when I was talking to the people out there, they're actually happy that football left because they are all, they love the Cardinals and they love the Blues. They got two teams they root really hard for, which I think yeah. is uh, which I think is fantastic. And and their stadium is it's it's like it's not even a stadium. It's like a complex. There's tons of restaurants and stuff all attached to it right there. I mean, it's definitely an experience to go. That's cool. Um, wasn't able to make a game when I was out there, but was bummed I couldn't. Uh, they got a big series coming up starting tomorrow night against the Mets three yes. in a row. Kind of. Uh, we will get Martinez versus DeGrom and Michael Waka versus, uh, versus Thor. Uh, Syndergaard. So good, good little matchup there for them, you know, to kind of test their metal. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll kind of see now, obviously they're going to have to replay some games because they had a bunch of games against the Cubs. They were supposed to play. Yep. So I'm sure they'll try to fit them in if they can. Um, But looking at the schedule, they actually have the Cubs coming up, but it doesn't look like they have, maybe they could fit one in on Thursday. I don't know. Have to figure that out. So, yeah. um, oh no, because it's it's uh, not at the Cubs where they missed the game. So anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, great pick for a hot team though. They're definitely flying up, and definitely a team to be to be wary of and have to contend with. Um, they've got a good young group of young and old guys there. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? What do you uh, what do you got for me in the well, National League? I'm actually going to stay in the same division, and this is a team that I've been pretty high on for a while, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers. Good pick. Uh, yep. So right behind the uh, the Cardinals there, fourteen and nine. So one more win, one uh, more loss. Partially because the Cardinals didn't play a couple games. They've won six in a row, seven and three. Now their run differential is not nearly as sparkling as the Cardinals, plus five as compared to plus twenty seven. But I think they've got some guys. You know, Brian, uh, Ryan Braun's still there. Um, you know, we're talking uh, Lorenzo Cain is over there. I really like this team. Uh, Christian Yelich uh, out in the outfield. So this is the kind of team that I think has a lot of firepower offensively. Now their pitchers have to do some stuff. They're not particularly strong there, but they've got a great offense and they've been playing really hot lately. Yeah. I mean, so their pitching staff, it's interesting. They've allowed more runs than the Cardinals, but they've played two more games. So they actually rank ninth in ERA, 10th in whip. They have a great bullpen, which is something that we've talked about a ton but in particular, they have Josh Hader, who has moved into this closing role after being a dominant setup man to start the year. He, in 14 innings of, of pitching, has only allowed two earned runs. He's allowed one that was unearned, but he has four holds, three saves. So he's come into seven save situations, if you will. Most impressively, though, Matt, in 14.2 innings, he struck out 29 batters. That is a team best. He is definitely somebody that's flown a little bit under the radar, particularly because he pitches in the bullpen, but also because the the you know the the Cincinnati or the uh, Milwaukee Brewers have been you know here and there from uh, the last couple of year, couple of years. They obviously got close and were were up there, the darlings of the of last year, but you know. They're uh, they're putting something together, and, I, and you know, and I think that they this isn't a fluky start. Once again, they're they're probably going to hold on to this. I think deeper into the second half of the year. Yeah, uh, you know, I this division, by the way, is going to be tough. Yep. You know, the Cubs are still sitting there, still kind of wavering down at the bottom. I think they're feeling an effect of their weather situation, but they're plus twenty four in run differential, which means they're probably not at the right record. Um, at 10 and nine, 
So no. this whole division looks like it's going to be a tough one, minus the Reds, who have already fired their manager, which someone may get to. Yep. So I don't want to I don't want to go that far yet, but um, this division looks good. I, the Pirates faded a little bit against the Phils, um, and that may continue. But at least f- three of these four teams look poised to have a pretty deep year. I agree with that. How about in the American League? <sighs> I well, I mean, I think I think the hottest teams right now are, are, in my opinion, in the National League. That being said, um, at first I was thinking about picking the Red Sox, but you know, after that showing. Uh, against Oakland, really just one night of, of grandeur, which we will probably touch on if I had to guess uh, at a later date. Yes, I, I do want to give a shout out to the team that no hit them. The Oakland Athletics, the Oakland A's are seven and three in their last 10. Obviously had the no hitter recently, which was pretty incredible um, for a team that we probably expect not to have a pretty great year. Uh, great little streak they're putting on right now. Uh, as they have floated their way back to 500. Now, once again, we talk don't have a lot in terms of talent on this roster, uh, but it's a great sight for them and to be back to 500, you know, maybe they've got something brewing slowly there. Um, so great job by that crew. In particular, if you get a no-hitter against the best team in baseball, arguably. The best team ever to get a no-hit. Right. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty yeah. incredible. Um, and Jed Lowry kind of leading that team there, batting 351, six home runs, 23 RBIs. Um, there's a guy who maybe gets a trade, gets traded at the trade deadline, something like along those lines. So great start for him. Um, Chris Davis also with six home runs. So a good amount of power throughout the lineup here too. No, well, that's a really good point that you bring them up because Chris Davis is a guy that, um, you know, he obviously hits a, a ton of home runs. He has six already on the year. He's batting 270, like you said, which normally isn't where he's been. We've, we've thought, can he get back up there? He, t- he, was running that clip a couple years ago, but since then his batting average has, has you know faltered a bit in lieu of hitting more home runs. But you have guys like Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, who are also starting the year off really well. They have a lot of guys that are you know plus two seventy in terms of their batting average. They have one of the best batting averages in baseball. These guys second actually now that I pull it up, but <laughs> fourth in home runs, fourth in runs. It's just they're pitching really outside of Sean Manea. Um, that it gets kind of dicey, which was something that we were, you know, really coming to expect there from this Oakland A's team. So, uh, you know, can this offense sustain the the run that they've been on? And you know, in terms of power, that's going to be a really interesting story coming as we, you know, exit April and enter May. Right, definitely. And you know, I, I think I think the one thing there. As, as nice as this little run's been for them, that division is pretty stacked. Yeah. You'd expect even the yeah. Texas Rangers, who I was high on and have not come out to play early on, but you would expect you know even them to kind of bounce back. So it's going to be tough with the Astros and the A's and even the Mariners at 11 and 9 there at the top to have any real sustained, well, and sustained success. And, and the Angels, right, right. So really a big three in that division that are probably going to limit the A's this year, but – you know, get some, get some energy, get some, some push moving forward and let's see what happens kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to, so I had the Red Sox last week as my hot team, but we should acknowledge them despite the no hitter. They're still on this meteoric pace with their offense and their pitching. I mean, 64 run differential. Um, You know, really, I mean, Matt, before they got no hit, they were 17 and two. They're eight and one at home, which, you know, you'd expect that they'd be good at Fenway, but nine and one on the road, and then they lose two, so they're nine and three now. Um, right. But they're not my hot team. 
My hot okay. team is going to be the Cleveland Indians because what they have been able to do or the, what they haven't been able to do offensively, they are matching it completely by their pitching. Their pitching is exactly what we thought it was going to be. And we, you and I both had a little bit of a fear that they're getting up there in age. Some of you know, they've had some injury problems. They might not be there, but they have, they've come out firing, literally throwing gas. And I think, you know, the staff is a combined whip of under one, which 19 games into the season. Holy shit. You're letting up. I mean, that's 19 times nine. That's whatever that number ends up being. Um, Math, shout out math major here. Um, that's less than one runner per inning. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Shout out to my guy, Jose Ramirez, who is not batting the best. He's only batting 236, but seven homers. Let's go, baby. Yeah. And anyway, you would expect him to feast on that division as well, um, with the Twins meh, mediocre and the other three teams probably not looking particularly strong. Yeah, that's the, the crazy thing. They're yeah. batting. Once their hitting starts to get going, which I think they were similar this year. I just I specifically remember Edwin being this way that he had a really shitty first half of the season. Right. But if they all once they all start getting it going, because Francisco Lindor is batting two twenty, Yonder Alonso is batting two twenty one, uh, Michael Brantley's been hurt a little bit, but he's batting pretty well. But once they get it going, I mean, this could right. be this could be this it could just be the Red Sox and, and the Indians basically just sitting around waiting waiting for the playoffs to start in August. Right. No, I, I think I think what's incredible here is like they're next to last in OPS and on base. So it, it literally nowhere but up. Yeah. Uh, you can't you can't say anything more than that. I so yeah, they're definitely still scary. I mean if you're if you're the rest of the league, the division and the league, you're like, wait a second. Holy holy crap, we better watch out. We, you better get your wins now, Boston and 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 really Houston if you want to have a shot at being a top you know, one and two, because I think the Indians are coming. And they're yeah they're leading their division, having yeah. only scored sixty eight runs. The Tigers have scored more runs than them. The fucking <laughs> Orioles and the Twins are about to, are tied with them in runs. The Rays and the Baltimore Orioles have scored more runs than them. Once Cleveland's offense starts to get it going, even just slightly more, this is going to be dangerous. Yeah, right, right. I, you know, I, I'll uh, I'll stay right in the AL here, and I'll pick my uh, my cold team. Uh, of the week, and they're gonna go team team I brought up before, and that's the uh, the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Very unimpressed. Now, I was very high on them, so they make it easy pick four and six in their last ten, which isn't the worst record you can find, uh, but still at the bottom of the division, not taking advantage of kind of any of the issues in that division, you know, and they they can't dig themselves too deep of a hole. I uh, think they're negative thirty five in run differential. I think they're a huge candidate to kind of start to dump some guys. They've got a ton of players you think are going to be good. So really just not doing much of anything right now across the board. Disappointing no. start to say the least. Cole Hamels, ERA uh, 4.76. That's not what we're looking for. Five starts, only one quality. He's supposed to be their leader. Um, early on, I guess you'd say it's Bartola Cologne probably. Um, that sparkling 2.59 ERA, not Matt bad. Moore, one in three ERA, yep. just under six. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I would just tell you, there's just not a lot. I just don't get it. Like I said, I look at this roster, I see talent, I'm like all over the field. So what's up? 
but they they could use some. I definitely think that they could be a big seller at the de- deadline. In my opinion, they've got some great guys you might snag from teams, Joey Gallo or um, uh, Beltre or Mazzara. I, I mean, there's plenty How about of candidates. Adrian Beltre still batting 300. Guy is a I consummate know. hitter. Just yep. All-timer. On the, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he doesn't have the power early this year, older, older, but you'd expect that to show up at some point. Yeah. So they're just, to me, I've just been unimpressed with the team that for some reason I can't get out of my head as being, I want them to be good so bad, and for whatever reason, they're not. No. <laughs> I love that Joey Gallo, just weird baseball stats. And Robinson Chirinos is this way too, and he's actually played less games, um, as is Drew Robinson. They all have more strikeouts than any like they're so the amount of strikeouts they have, no player on the Rangers has that many hits. You have Gallo striking out twenty eight times in every single game he's played in. I don't know if it has been, but it's twenty eight over twenty three games. The most hits that anybody on the, the team has is Nomar Mazzara at twenty five. I mean, this is absurd. Joey Gallo's had yeah. eighteen hits, batting just above two hundred. Uh, that's to be expected. He's not really an average guy. He has seven homers. He's doing what what you're paying him to do, but it's nuts. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, no. So, like I said, want to see them do better, but no. very good pick, very good pick. Um, I am not going to go with the Chicago White Sox, even though they are losers of seven in a row. I think I did they're, I use- they're easy, easy pick in there if you want to yeah. take them. You know what I mean? They're just, they're just. We, but we talked about possibly being that way for them. Yeah. So yeah, we talked. About, I yeah. think I picked them last week. I'm going to go though with the Baltimore Orioles, who are close to there. Um, like I mentioned, they they do they have scored a decent amount of runs, 72. They're pitching though, like the team I picked last week in the the National League, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, who we we discussed briefly. Their pitching staff is abysmal. They are minus 49 in run differential, which the White Sox do have a worse, worse one, but they're dead last in batting average, which I find fascinating because they've been able to, you know, to score runs here and there. They're 20, 23rd, nothing really to write home about, but you know, they're they're not in a bottom six spot in terms of runs scored. So in other words, for being last place of six divisions, they've scored some more runs than, than some other teams, Cleveland being one of them. But it's crazy. I mean, the guys that are supposed to do the guys that are supposed to do well, your Manny Machados, your Adam Jones, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. Adam Jones, you might hope that his batting average is better, but Manny Machado's hit eight home runs, is batting 350. Like, that's nuts. He's 17, 17 RBI. No one around these guys can do anything. It's not even just the fact that their pitching staff is abysmal. The rest of their their lineup is just garbage. Yeah. What you know. I mean, hey, if uh, maybe maybe a couple guys ship over from uh, Machado, I'll take him if he's ready to sign here. I'm a big, big fan of that guy. He's probably one of my favorite players in baseball. Could you imagine um, if they had gotten rid of him in spring training? How bad they would be? Well, yeah, it would be really bad. They I mean, have two more wins than the Reds, and the Reds are really bad. Right, and I got to tell you, I mean, the other thing here, with that division with the Blue Jays kind of catching fire here, one of the best bullpens in baseball, There, there's no – it there – this season seems relatively over in, in April for them. 
yeah. um, because that division is just, I mean, there's even the Rays have a little bit more going on, but really the, 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 the top teams in that division are just really good at baseball. Yeah. So it's going to be a long season for, uh, for the Orioles. That's yeah, tough. I mean, even the Rays, they always have, like you just, like you mentioned, they're getting, they have something together. They always have some young gun that's always, you know, a bright spot. So they even have that. Baltimore, all they have is Manny Machado, and yeah. he's on his way out. It's nuts. Yeah. Well, let's let's so, quickly get. I was gonna say let's quickly get uh, National League cold teams in. Um, I picked Cincinnati last week, but like you mentioned, they fired their their manager. So, um, really, just it's the season's over for them. They have three wins or three and eighteen. Uh, I'm gonna go Miami Marlins though. Um, five and sixteen, mainly because. Of how bad, I mean, their pitching staff's pretty awful too. I think they've let up the most runs in baseball, but that whole situation in Miami is absolutely absurd. You Marlins man running around, going to the fucking Cayman Islands. You have Derek Jeter saying these guys can compete and all this nutty shit. Like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on there. I think it's safe to say that the Phillies will not we won't Greg and I will not be on last place watch this year for the Phillies because the Miami Marlins certainly have that locked up at least for the East. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I it's, it's an embarrassment. Um, but but you know it's not an embarrassment if he would just come out and say, hey, what it's just, they're tanking. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're tanking. Period. Yeah. Um I do like Lewis Brinson. I think he's gonna be a good player for them. Um they do have some good Ice guys. Cold, Miguel Rojas. I mean, there's so there are players who I like down there, but they're clearly tanking to me. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it is embarrassing. He came down there, he traded away there, arguably their two best players, um, in three best Stanton, players, Yelich, Sagan, and Ozuna. That's right. Yeah, he just was like, okay, bye. Three best players. Right. I don't know, but you know, if he's cleaning house, he's cleaning house, I guess. But it's you know, he's just be honest with us, be honest with the fan base. So I, I would agree there. It's not a good start, um, kind of at all there. Yeah, not good. Um, but yeah, those those are the hot and cold teams. Let's move over to players. Uh, we'll start in batting with your Roy Hobbs batter of the week. For those new to the program, named after the character from The Natural. Um, I'll start with mine. I um uh, I'm gonna go pretty chalky here, but it's it's really worth mentioning that Carlos Correa has just had a monster week, uh, batting 542 with two homers, seven ribbies, struck out a few times. Um, but I mean they're a part of the Houston Astros team that we didn't really mention even in our hot teams. Um, but they're I mean they're right back into it and they're looking like they could win. 130 games. I mean, that Astros team is just good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Um, they are. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're a really good baseball team. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'll take, I'll go a little different route here. I'm going to actually take a guy that maybe we haven't talked about a little bit, but Ooh. last, uh, last seven days here for us, Nolan Arenado, 12 My man. seven hits, two home runs, four RBIs, batting 583 over the last week. So um, that's just, yeah, hell of a hell of a week for him. There's a big-name guy who also maybe, you know, probably is going to stay there, but could be moved. You know, I'm trying to take the big stars on kind of not middling teams because they're not terrible, but they're not great. But there's pretty hot line right there for a guy who got in the big fight and now is back playing and is looking strong again. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I could only imagine if he hadn't had the suspension of how he would have done this week. But that's a great right. pick. Uh, we mentioned Manny Machado batted 500 on the week. Javi Baez really killing it. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the bigger names starting to really come on, which uh, you know it's good to see. Good to see there. Um, let's go over to pitchers. Our Billy Chapel pitcher of the week, named after the Kevin Costner character in For Love of the Game. I'll start and. I want to recognize the my guy from last week, so I'm going to pick him two weeks in a row, mainly because his two starts in the last seven days have been even more electrifying than they have been than they were from last week, from two weeks ago, I should say. That's Jacob Degrom. Degrom from the New York Mets went two, or actually went zero and zero. Two starts, fourteen innings pitched. Struck out 22, only allowed three runs, and he didn't get wins. That tells you something um, for how weird the Mets' bullpen has been. A whip of of .91. Mentioned the 22 strikeouts, opposing batting average under 200. There's only one other guy that really was was more dominant, at least in the National League. But DeGrom, Syndergaard, they are on fire, and the Mets are... uh, you know, they're off to a start that could um, – the way the Nationals have started, they, the Mets could put themselves in a very good position through the first quarter of the year. Oh, they definitely could, definitely could. Um, I'm going to go across the coast down to a team that we really haven't talked much about and kind of hasn't had much going on, but that that's a guy by the name – probably haven't heard his name in a little bit – Johnny Cueto. Yeah, good pick. Very strong start. So overall his season, only four starts – but uh, he's got a, a uh, .35 ERA, and his last two starts in particular, uh, 13 innings overall, no earned runs, uh, 18 strikeouts, only gets a 1-0 record out of that with a .46 ERA. So hot start for a guy who a couple years back was a huge name in baseball. Um, obviously having a good start for San Francisco, a team that definitely is going to need him if they're going to have any opportunity to try to make some noise. Offensive and aging roster. Absolutely. So, uh, yep. No, quick I shout out, that. by the way, to, to Brandon Belt's 21 pitch at bat for them, too, which is yes. pretty incredible. 13 minutes long at bat is incredible to think about. But um, yeah, don't want to dive too deep into that. That's a team that kind of like the Rangers has a lot of names on it. Yep. They've been a little stronger than the Rangers to start, but their offense has been a little weaker than expected with all those names. So hopefully they can turn that around in the Bay Area there. Yeah, uh, worth noting too that Corey Kluber had a good week, but a uh, a weird week for him. I'll say uh, he went two and zero, only ten strikeouts over thirteen innings. So uh, you know, a little bit down down week for him in terms of uh, strikeouts. Yeah. Um, even Aaron Nola had a nice week, uh, one and one, but really, you know, not not terrible. That just a uh, you know an unfortunate loss at the uh, you know way back. If, if uh, that makes sense, last week during the week for the Phillies, obviously coming off the big sweep. But let's get to the Phils. Coming off a four-game sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nat, we talked about it at the top of the show. The Phillies are 9-1 and one at home. They're 5-6 and six on the road. I mean, these guys look great. Yeah. I mean... They are plus 52 in, in since their form one, one and four start plus 52 second, only the Red Sox who are plus 57 and no one else is even close. The next best is the Astros at plus 37. So 
ERA, you know, third best in the majors during that span. Um, basically, since Gabe Kapler got booed off the mound, this team has been really, really good. Now, I don't want to oversugarcoat it. They smoked the Pirates. They crushed the Rays, and they swept the Reds, and they whipped up on the Marlins. So they they do have to prove to us that they can go ahead and beat some good teams, but they've just got – they seem – we just have guys all over the roster – that are trying to find starting moments, right? So yeah. Hoskins, Herrera, Altair, Nick Williams, so four outfielders, Crawford, Franco, Hernandez, Santana, Kingery. Um, that's four. That's five infielders for four spots. And then Alfaro and Knapp trying to battle for the catcher spot. So they really have an extra guy no. across the board, which is, is really important and impressive to me. In my no, mind. I agree. The depth you know, is- and, and you saw it yesterday with – Aaron Altair coming in, you know, he came into a pinch spot and then just stayed in throughout the game. And in his three at bats, I mean, really did some, you know, some good work. Obviously had the sack fly at the very uh very end of the game. So I guess three plate appearances, not not at bats. But you know, I mean, these guys, like you said, they want to have their starter moments, they want to prove their spots. It's not even that they're not even that they're being platooned because they're moving guys around all over the place. We joked about it last week that you could put Scott Kingery anywhere. But he's played right. I've seen him play right field, third base. I haven't seen him play shortstop in person, but I've seen him play second. I mean, those are four positions right there. He's moved all over. Hoskins, I don't even think has made a, an appearance at first base this year right. yet, and that's something that you could also do in in putting Santana down or games that you want that you're in the American League. If you wanted to put Santana at DH and move Reese back to first, you could do that. I think Gabe wants to try to keep, give Reese as many reps in left as he can because I think that's where he wants him to be when you know all is said and done for you know at least for the time being. But awesome starts from some players. Obviously Hoskins, Odubel Herrera coming on very strong. Um, Cesar Hernandez very strong production, getting on base a ton, a lot of walks drawn. Same with Hoskins, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cesar, if his batting average got a little bit higher, his on-base percentage could be up there with Hoskins, which we have to talk about his slash line. He's slashing 323, 483, and 615. Holy Damn. fuck. I mean, he, he's for the amount that they've both struck out, which is tied with a number of players for the team lead at 21, um, which quick – Shout out to Jorge Alfaro, who's played nearly half the games as Hoskins and Hernandez, and has struck out that many times. Um, yeah, batting one eighty six. I would say, like, th- what makes this lineup interesting is it's not a power heavy lineup yet, no. and I'm okay with that because I think w- when you get too deep into power, you have a problem with strikeouts. You're, you know, the Yankees are experiencing that now. Obviously, when you have Judge or Sant um, or um, um, oh my God, Stanton. Uh, you know, those are elite power hitters. But when you have Mikel Franco, you know, be, supposed to being a power guy and, and just striking out instead, hey, let's get on base. Let's work counts. This this team is seeing what when you watch them at bat, the, they're in every at bat. They don't there's no there's no giveaway at that. They just have really good guys in that regard. So it, it impresses me the, the 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 hitting talent. And you even have some guy, guys like JP Crawford who are still trying to find their stroke. Uh, which I think is a good thing as well. So not everyone's having great success early, but enough guys are to make it work. Absolutely. And we have to mention, I mentioned Nola a little bit, the pitching staff 
Matt, has been incredible. The bullpen over that series against the Pirates was fantastic. The starters have have really figured it out, I think, or for the most part. But they all look great into the fact that Aaron Nola's ERA through four starts. I'm trying to find the number through five starts is, you know, point three point two three or two point three. Um, Jake Arrieta's looks look nice, and he's only pitched in three games, but his his is two point oh four. Uh, and that's with that really rough start. Even Vince Velasquez is a guy that that is clearly the four or five on the you know on the roster after after a really good year two years ago is still he's coming on strong enough. His ERA could be better, but he's still getting strikeouts. I mean, the idea of maybe moving him to the bullpen once you find another starter not the worst idea out there. Nick Pavetta though, very very good start to the year. Yes. Um, ben Lively's looked looked pretty good, even though he's zero and one and has a four point six ERA. Um, so we'll we'll see how they keep going. I mean the the wet the wacky weather has gotten has actually given the Phillies a little bit of of flexibility to figure out where they want to put their starters. They're obviously into a rotation now, but with staggering off Arietta's first start, they've been able to really utilize the the hot starts from Nola and Pavetta, but not overuse them. Gotcha. Yeah. No. I, and by the way, I, I I didn't. I don't know if I caught this, but uh, Victor um, Arano, did you bring him up? Did I miss that? No, I did not. I did not bring him up. Yeah. No, he's been outstanding coming out of the pen yeah. for the Phillies. Ten, ten, ten in a ten innings pitched, zero earned runs, one hit, one eleven hit. strikeouts. Yeah. There we go. That's that's pretty. That's a really good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him up. So, uh, guy, I mean, I mean, I mean, a new guy to the team here. So we'll see how he can maintain that. And young, he's only twenty three. Um, so, you know, let's see if we can find some jams now. So, uh, very impressive. Yasko Rios up there too. Yeah. Rios, not yeah. Rios. It's kind of it's kind of the time where you see a lot of names you're not used to. You know, a lot of a lot of new guys coming out of the pen. And yeah. uh, we'll see what happens with them. No, so, it's yeah. exciting. Love but the start. I was going to say they continue their homestand to wrap it up uh, yeah. against Arizona. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go tomorrow on Tuesday Bye. before I go up to Boston. Um, I'll be in, I'll be up there. Me and Greg may or may not be doing a podcast while I'm up there, but I'm going to Fenway on Friday. I'm really excited for that. That'd be awesome. Um, but then the Phillies play Atlanta this weekend. Um, I'm missing the Zed concert on, on Friday night. Gee, um, big loss. Yeah. <laughs> it actually might be pretty cool. I might try to go. Uh, it seems like you and I might be playing a little golf on, on Saturday. So I might try to go Sunday and see the Braves. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I will tell you. So I actually got down to, um, the Pirates game, as we talked about. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this. How's your first trip to the ballpark? Cold. Oh. <laughs> kind of a tough one. You know, I really wanted to go down. Um, uh, our friend Ben, um, who I don't want to talk about because of his fandom, is a Pirates fan. So we went down, a couple of his buddies. Had a really good time. I mean, it was, uh, you know, getting to the ballpark was great. Walked around, saw uh, the new, uh, what's it called, the yard, right? Yep. The, the wiffle ball, a little tent where the uh, where the – Barbecue spot used to be um, Bulls, but uh, seats were fantastic. We got to watch the first couple innings, which was incredible. Even though there was not as crowded, which obviously due to both the Phillies last year's record, but also the fact that it was like in like the 30s with wind chill, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the wind was bad on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I hate to tell you this. Um, I, I, we left early. Yeah. Uh, And now two reasons, two reasons. 
we had a we had a Pittsburgh fan with us, and he wanted to go, but he's got a newborn, so I had to kind of be nice there. But also the Sixers were on, so we actually yeah. ended up walking over to Xfinity to after the Phillies got up like six nothing. We at, at the third inning we walked out, um, you know, and uh, went over to the Xfinity Live to watch some Sixers. Uh, wasn't packed in there like I expected, but I really think the cold had a negative effect on the whole area that night. Um, but I will just jump right in with a stadium snack here. Yes. Uh, it's an old favorite though. I got to say, um, I just, you know, it's been, it's been too long. So over to Chickies and Pete's, I went, grab oh, some, uh, grab got some him. crab pies. Yep. And I actually got two sauces. I got the cheese sauce. Of course, I also got some Buffalo dip sauce as well, Ooh. which I thought wouldn't go well with the fries and it didn't, but don't worry. I picked up some, uh, Chickies and Pete's chicken tenders as well and enjoyed those. So Solid. great. And I got a big, a nice big summer love victory pounder, um, which was fantastic uh, from the ballpark. So great little bar, by the way. And I don't know if this was here last year. So on the way to the yard, right before you get there, there's a sit-down bar with TVs outside. Yeah, yeah that's new this year. That's new. Okay, yes. Yeah, so we actually stopped there for a moment, watched a little Sixers, and then headed out. So um, definitely tough because you want it to be – if it's going to be cold, you want it to be cold in October when you're in the playoffs. It's tough early on in the yeah. season. So looking forward to at least short sleeve weather. Um, but I had the Utley jersey on, of course, rocking Gotta that pretty hard. So great first experience. We won 7 nothing, so didn't miss anything. Arietta striking guys out. Had a great time. So that's my stadium snack of the week there for you. You know, an old favorite, I guess you could say. Yeah. And before I give you oh, mine. And, and you know what? Ben, ben got the – what's it called? What's the what's the cheese take place in the back? Not Campos. Tony Luke. Campos. Yeah, Campos exactly. That's solid play. Yeah. The one that it's I've nice. done uh, for the crab fries, I've done this a lot at the Flyers. I've gotten honey mustard with it. And oh, really? Yeah. It, nice. Yeah, I think I, I think I had chicken tenders. I just had that as as like the dipping sauce for it. Okay. And just like a fry filled in there. Discovered it. Pretty good. I mean, you know, the, the sweetness with the, it's for those unaware. Chickies and Pete's they're crinkled. Uh, crab oh. fries, so it's basically Old Bay sauce or Old Bay seasoning. Um, so they that, those two flavors coming together, uh, and for a unique twist. Yeah. But no, my stadium snack, Matt, we're gonna go to one of your favorite places, up to Minnesota. All right. Target Field. They have a stand called the In Dorito. Okay. It's a combination Indian burritos. So it's from a company called hot Indian foods. One of the twin cities, premier food trucks and purveyor of electric Indian di dishes. I think, uh, I think that's supposed to be authentic, uh, thrillist here, not doing well. Um, anyway, so what it sounds like it is, I mean, it's a mix of Indian food inside a burrito, kind of like a sushi burrito, but Indian foods, so you got a little curry in there. Got a, you know, little bit little bit of non pro looks like instead of the uh the traditional you know tortilla um so yeah that that's definitely one that caught my eye looking this up here um you know obviously it, there's there's other traditional more uh, more traditional minnesota type foods like sausages and, and whatnot but the indian burrito definitely sticks out there so it's definitely uh definitely one you got to go check out if you've ever been up there or you have a stadium snack be sure to submit it to either myself or Maddie D or the Thunderblog accounts, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Make sure you tag us too yes, so we yes. can check those out. 
Uh, and and before we wrap up some of the baseball talk here, and I just we have to do uh, uh, we have to talk about Atani. By the way, I think it's important that oh, we yeah. mention. So before Sunday's game, should he just get his own segment now? Should I mean, probably. That? And I, you know, yeah. he threw a not, about ninety minutes before the game. He threw a bullpen session and yeah. then batted cleanup for the Angels. Pujols had a day off, um, and so as as manager Mike Social called it, he went full gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> As compared to a touch and feel session. So I went two for four. They did lose one, two, four. So I got to tell you, the only concern is you could see it with the blisters that that form when he was was playing against the Red Sox past Tuesday. So they've got to be concerned about wearing him out. Um, And where does it make more sense for him to be? You want him to play both ways, but you don't want him to get hurt. So great. Great. Another week for the, for this, the sensation. I mean, it's, it's sensational to watch. He's, 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 driving baseball back up too which is fantastic yeah because so, it's a crazy story yeah it is it's incredible i mean it, it's yeah. just incredible so. between that mike trout having a great year yep. dominant love that too. um i mean i think you you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about short sleeve weather with the phillies what now we have all these stories that now that the weather's starting to turn i think people are really i mean lo- people love going to baseball games anyway especially on weekends for the idea of just being outside, hanging out with your friends, drinking a cold beer. But now you have these these players that you want to go out and see, these big names. Um, I think that's it's awesome for baseball that it's not just a Red Sox player or Bryce Harper or the Cubs or whomever. You know, the Angels now have somebody for that. The the Dodgers are doing really well. So I mean, all, all a lot of good feel a lot of feel good stories around baseball. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely I'm happy there. I do. I do have a nice little uh, a nice little beer corner for us today. Ooh! So uh, actually, was out in the links playing some golf on Saturday. Beautiful golf day. Long pant, quarter zip kind of weather. My that real Maddie D special played great. Oh yeah! But on uh, and we did have some of my favorite staple now, little founders. But stopped by the halfway house, had some new selections. We picked up the Sierra Nevada a Hazy Little Thing IPA. Uh, definitely a, a hopper, hoppy, hop heavy, intensive beer, uh, unfiltered. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Me and my brother Jack picked him up, kind of walked the course, had a couple koozies. Now six and six, a six point seven percent. You got to be careful. I mean, it's not terrible, but you have two or three. Yeah, you're that could do of, some damage. Right, you're having a little bit of a problem, but definitely something that you can eat with. Um, you know, with with real man food, some ribs you could jump on with it. I'd probably go really well with it. So, um, man, definitely impressed with it. I'll definitely be picking it up again. Also has a great can, a little green and yellow going on. So, big fan of the can Ooh. for sure. Um, so, uh, definitely take a look if you can find it. Um, yeah, you might be able to grab one. Yeah, yeah. Saturday was a great golf day. No, great golf too. day. But yeah, quickly, minor league talk, uh, Pacific Coast League. We mentioned it last week, the other AAA league. Uh, so this is basically more of your West Coast teams that have uh, you know baseball teams out there as the most Eastern team that I can see on this is probably the Nashville Sounds out in Tennessee. Um, so really, you're looking really aside from Nashville um, and and the Memphis Redbirds. You're looking west of the Mississippi River. You have the Iowa Cubs. Um, some other teams that are you know starting to make some unique names, like New Orleans is the New Orleans Baby Cakes um, after the you know, the Mardi Gras dish. Um, you have the Chihuahuas of El Paso. 
or El Paso, however you pronounce that, the Salt Lake Bees, which uh, you know their their mascot is a honeybee. Um, Vegas has a team, so you know possible you know, names murmuring around of the major league expansion cities, Nashville, Las Vegas, obviously being the hot one from the Golden Knights. Um, but you know it's a fun league. Um, fun, you know, a fun fact. It has its own conferences. It's, it does what the NFL does. It's four divisions of four, but the American and the Pacific conferences. So interesting there. The winner of their league will play the winner of AAA. It's very much like the NL and the AL used to be, that they don't play any interleague play throughout the year. They play at the AAA All-Star game uh, where they rotate between a PCL and a International League stadium every year. And the only time that, that any two teams will actually play each other is in what's called or it used to be called the Bricktown Showdown. It's now called, I think, the AAA National Championship or something like that. So, gotcha. yeah, there's there's the other team there. Um, you know, you'll hear, just like with the International League, you'll hear big names making their rehab assignments there, there, there and whatnot. But let's uh, wrap baseball up, look ahead a little bit for, uh, you know, this week and the week ahead. You mentioned the awesome series between the angels and the Astros. Is that what you mentioned? Uh, oh, no, I, I, no, I mentioned the Mets and the, um, Oh, the Cardinals. You're right. Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. So that you have the angels and the Astros to look forward to. That's amazing. <laughs> that, I mean, that's big time. Now I'm excited. Uh, which the first start is tomorrow, which is Shohei Otani versus Charlie Morton, who we didn't even mention. He's off to another hot start for that Astros right. team. Um, but you have some other you have some other good ones as well. You have Washington and San Francisco, both teams that have had somewhat disappointing starts. Um, so look to to see if they can bounce back there. We mentioned the Phillies Diamondbacks, um, very good for very good starts for both. So we'll see how that goes. Um, do you have any ones that you're looking forward to this no, I mean, weekend I, or anything I, like that? I do. I do. Like I said, I, I think the Mets. I, I mean, the Mets Cardinals is a fascinating one to me. This is. Like now we're starting to get into the season a little bit more. You can really, in my opinion, start to pick these kind of games out. You know, these exciting matchups, which I'm pretty pumped up for. Um, you know, these fun matchups that between two teams like that. Um, uh, I will say um, I'm not, like I said, haven't been overly impressed with Chicago early on. So they do get Milwaukee this weekend. Um, that's to me a big series for them. Uh, that I think they need to show that, that they can really play. Because they're, yeah, they're just kind of middling. And I know, I think the weather's having that kind of effect. You Darvish has been terrible. So I'm Jose kind of Quintana, on Chicago. Not such a hot start. Right. So I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of on Cubs watch here a little bit, I guess you could say, uh, watching those games. So that's another one I'll, I'll probably be able to, I want to at least catch part of the, part of the action there, yeah. uh, at least in, in my mind. Um, oh, did you mention, I'm sorry, did you mention Washington and Arizona? No, I did not mention that. It's a really yeah, good pick, too. Yeah, there's another one as well because Washington hasn't actually had that same strong start as I think everyone expected. The talent's there. They'll be fine. But um, as you mentioned, with the with the Mets possibly jumping out to the early start here, too, that's that's dangerous. No, so. absolutely could be. So, you know, definitely important. That's a really good one as, as well. But I think that's going to do it for baseball. We, um, you know, I wrote a blog today about, about some thoughts about the Flyers, but got to acknowledge they fell to the Pittsburgh Penguins and – I prefer it was we, disappointing. I prefer we 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 glance over this topic because I'm still yeah. very depressed here. Very yeah, depressed. so we'll just we'll acknowledge the Flyers lost, the Penguins won. They'll likely play 
they'll likely win, I think, the next series. Uh, but that we'll talk about that when we get to the post. An update on the Washington Columbus game six that is tied in the middle of the second period. Nice. Uh, Boston and Toronto, the only other active series, is two one Toronto right now towards the end of the second. So that would be huge if you got a game seven. Um, but really, I mean, all the other series that we have to look forward to in the second round out in the West, you got the two teams that that swept the first round, the Knights and the Sharks, which is going to be great. And I'm very excited for Winnipeg and Nashville. Those oh, are going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, the home ice advantage for both of those guys is just going to be crazy. It's, it's unreal. I love the Winnipeg White. Um, and then, and, and then I obviously he can't go wrong with Nashville. I'm going to pull really hard for the Preds or the, or the Golden Knights. They're my two teams I'd like no. to see win. Uh, and as long as the Penguins don't win, I'll be a pretty happy guy. Yeah, I want to say that that there's the possibility that like this is fine. If assuming the Capitals get through, this is finally the year. But I mean, Greg and I mentioned it in the regular season. The Penguins, and I'll make this quick to to for the sake of your sanity. The Penguins just, you know how they're going to beat you. You know exactly how they can line up and do it. And you can try to defend your best against it, and they're still going to do it. And you're going to make yourself go insane trying to do it. We just experienced it for a six-game series. Uh, say what you will about how the Flyers played. But, I mean, that those th- top three guys, the, the only thing I would say that one of the two teams they could play in the second round is that they're not as good defensively as Columbus. They're just so much better offensively, and I think they're just deeper than Washington. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I thought with the Flyers were at their best when they played physical within the game of hockey. Yep. You know, that's when they kind of grinded it down. Um, but there's a reason, and I hate to say this, but there's a reason that the Penguins are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. They have a ton of talent on that roster still. They're a really, really good hockey team. But yep. Matt Murray can be beat you need he can to, be you got to get pucks on the net i mean he was shaky at best in games in game six and if it wasn't for some flyer defensive zone turnovers really unforced in my opinion that that we're looking at a game seven so um they can be beat uh but i hate and i gotta tell you i i actually at this point i dislike malkin more than i dislike crosby um crosby's a super talent you can't shut him down. No. You have to survive Crosby and shut. You can't let a guy like like Getzel have four goals. No, like like that's what you can't do. You can get to their defense. You can get to their goaltender. Um, you know, but they're but they're definitely there's a reason they're they're back to back cups champions and they're going for a, a third and to be considered a legitimate dynasty at that point. No. But the competition will not be easy. And whoever they face out of the out of the uh, Western Conference is going to be. I think all four of those teams left have legitimate cup opportunities Absolutely. they are really really good so uh but go golden knights and go preds yeah uh but tomorrow night philly look i look i love i love him i love the orange and black i'm a huge hockey guy but i've already forgotten because game six game five whoa 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 sorry game five yeah joel Embiid is fired up to make his home playoff debut they're a 10 point favorite last time i checked are you going g so I'm not. Oh, wait, no, you're not. You're right. Okay, yeah, never mind. I, third I, I girl, up, Emily, I has the season tickets, and she took her dad to game one. She took me to game two, and she'll be taking her Girls on Hoops co-host, Mary, to, game, to game, game five. Uh, game seven, I do not know who she would be taking if it gets to there, but let's hope it doesn't. Let's have some confidence because a lot of guys now are picking the Sixers out of the East. 
Yeah, Bill. I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons's podcast today, yep. and he loves them. Yep. So does uh, Chris Broussard. Um, uh, Stephen A. Smith has said some pretty positive things. So. <laughs> gotta gotta play it when we talk about them. Well, I gotta tell you, if you look at the rest of the teams in the East, they are the, they look on paper the strongest. Now I know they don't have LeBron. I know they don't have Brad Stevens or the Greek Freak. Um, and I don't want to discount the Raptors. I know the Washington beat them twice, but I think that'll change. Um, they look like the best team in the East. Uh, they look like the best team. So, but they got to put the screws to Miami, get through that series, so they can rest. Because this team does need to be rest. Because you know they've got young talent that needs the rest, like Joel, and they've got old talent like Ilyasova and Bellinelli, and even Redick, who could who could use a couple days off here. No, I agree um, with that. I think. I just think the fact that you can play such sloppy game five or game yeah. four and, and pull that out when Joel's not shooting well and Ben Simmons just takes over. I mean, it's going to be fun. I think they make up for uh, they make up for the sloppy game, too. And really, th- the first three games, your second quarters were all just not good. The game two, especially. But um, yeah, I think the way that they've been playing, especially the way that they can play bodes very well for them. And I think it's a, uh, a big, big redemption at home. And I think you're right. They get, they get some much deserved rest, but it's going to be fun. Uh, quick side note, Matt, I was really worried. And I was thinking about this today, um, thinking that I was a playoff curse. Cause I'd been to obviously all three flyers home games, having the, the season tickets, which somber moment of moment of silence from my season ticket membership as we did not renew our tickets. Yeah. But I also went to game two, all four home losses. Um, so I thought, shit, I'm cursed. I can't ever go to a playoff game again. But yeah. I remembered I went to the Eagles-Falcons game. So I'm okay. I'm That's true. Cursed. That's I'm true. I'm not cursed. That's true. I mean, I didn't go to the last game and they still lost. So I can definitely go back. Pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. But now I'm giving you a hard time. Hey, I will say this. And I thought it was interesting. We, Joel Embiid is the best big man in the East. And Oh, and yeah. Easily. And I don't think anybody can match up. Serge Ibaka is too old now. Al Horford is crafty as he is and talented. I don't want to disrespect Horford. He's not big enough. I, I, I think he's gonna. That's gonna be a tough matchup. Um, I've been saying really quickly on Ibaka. I've yeah. been saying all season that I like the Sixers against Toronto because mm-hmm. uh, because the fact that they don't have an answer for Joel Embiid. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, in even if a team surprises somebody, Indiana, Miles Turner is going to Indiana's. Indiana is scary. Milwaukee can be scary. Indiana and Milwaukee are scary, but there's also a reason that they're they're the seeds that they are. Like that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't. I'm not trying to look ahead because we have to beat the Heat. We've got to beat them. I don't want to go back for a game six. I want to finish them off. No, finish um, the fight. Finish right. the fight. But to me, the only big man at all in the East left that that makes me at all nervous in terms of being able to physically match Embiid is probably Al Horford, just because of his craftiness and the way Brad Stevens, you know, kind of moves chess pieces around. But the Cavs yeah. don't have anybody. The Pacers don't have anybody. The Bucks don't have a center that that can match up. The Heat clearly don't because he's dominating Whiteside. In in the West, yeah, I mean, a team like. Um, well, I mean, we, I think the obvious the obvious guy here would be um, Anthony Davis because yep. he's kind of a center. And then if the Thunder somehow figure it out against the Jazz, but even the Jazz and the Thunder have I Gobert. If, I don't know if the Thunder do. Well, Stephen Adams is a tough defensively. Yeah. Stephen Adams and Rudy Gobert defensively, at least physically, can can they can body Joel Embiid. 
So I did, that's just a physical. But once again, Joel, his talent level is so high. I mean, he's off the charts. His rise to being the best center in the league, which I personally think he is. Um, they don't. Anthony Davis is listed as a power forward, so he doesn't count. And I still think he's better than Anthony Davis. In particular, his ability—it's kind of that um, unspoken ability. It's not necessarily physical talent, but the way he carries himself. Like Joel Embiid is—is is that good? Um, which I was nervous that if we stamped him and we gave him that kind of, hey, Joe, you're the best, he would take it and kind of lose himself in it, but he hasn't. No. He, he's been very good. So, I mean, between, between him and the best. between him and Anthony Davis, I think they're the two best center. I mean, think of what, I, I can't think of another center between those two, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid, because I'm going to count Davis as a center at this point. Um, they're the two best to me in the league because they do it both ways. They do it every night they're on the floor. Um, and now at this point with Davis sweeping the Blazers, they both have had winning success. You know, guys like guys who don't have, I don't, if you don't win, I don't care what your stats are. Now that Davis has had that kind of winning attitude too, I, I think it's going to be tough for us to league because they're, they're true dominant unicorns who are tough to defend every night. No, I agree. And it's, I would I love mean, to see those two go head to head in an NBA finals in the next three, four years. I mean, that would be incredible to me. That'd be insane to watch the return. I know it's not they're not they're not old school bigs because of their diverse offensive game. Although both can both can post up, but of two big guys going at it, I love watching guards battle. But to see watch two big guys would be kind of fun. Be awesome. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's gonna be a ton of fun to to watch it go forward. Um, but yeah, I think Matt, I think it's time for a little Matty D breakdown. NFL draft is Thursday. It's gonna be fun. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all, all breaks out. We could possibly go QB, 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 QB. We could see other things happen. We could see some skill players sneak in there. What are you thinking? Well, I think, I think first of all, this is when all these teams start to drive QBs. Now I'm hearing, I'm out here hearing that there's a chance that a guy like a Mason Rudolph may go in the late first round because you got to get a QB. You got to get a QB. Um, I'm not in love with this QB class compared to a lot of people. You, you start to prop some guys up. Uh, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, who is the best potential pick player? And to me, Josh Allen is the best potential. Do I think he's going to walk in and be as good as Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen? Absolutely not. I don't think he has the polish. But if you're the Browns, you've just traded for Tyrod Taylor. You can let him start at least one year, maybe two, and bring Allen up slowly. Um he looks like the perfect quarterback in terms of the, and I hate to say it because normally I'm a guy that wants a gamer, um, but I, I mean, I, I, I think he's going to end up going number one overall. Um, Josh Allen. And I, Josh, Josh Allen. And I do think in the top 10, every, in, in the top 10, you'll see three, you see four quarterbacks. I think all four quarterbacks go in the top 10, Darnold Allen and, um, and Mayfield and Rosen all go in the top, top 10, in my opinion. It, if it's not by those 10 teams, somebody trades in to do so. Um, well, if you saw the Bears do it to get Mitch Trubisky, I think right. you're going to. Well, I think I you're thought. definitely going to see these four go. Right, which is a huge reach. But I think the shame of it is, it's really the the quarterbacks are kind of hiding some of the talent in this draft um, because there are some players here that I mean, I, we have all talked about Saquon Barkley and how good he is, and I think he's the number one guy in the draft. But there are some other guys. Um, Quentin Nelson is a guard out of Notre Dame. Bradley Chubb is by far the best defensive end. There's really not a lot of guys behind him. Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, Tremaine Edmonds of, of Virginia Tech. Cortland Sutton is a guy who's really no one knows where he's going to go. He's this massive wide receiver out of SMU. Had a ton of talent and ability. 
um, and, and did pretty well in workouts as well. So there's a guy that could potentially go, you know, pretty high. Um, and watch out for Raquan Smith out of Georgia. He's a linebacker. One of the best linebacking prospects in terms of on-field production and measurables that's come out in years. And this is the kind of guy who can make a Luke Keekley kind of impact year one, wherever he ends up going. A lot of mm. mocks have him going as high as number six. Most have him don't getting by, don't getting by, not getting by, excuse me, someone like the Miami Dolphins at 11. He's a really, really good player um, who, like, you, like I said, you kind of miss out on some of these guys who, you know, because everyone talks about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Um, so I, I think there's going to be some, there's some really good players in this draft that I'm excited to see kind of where they go. Also, you got to be aware of a trade. You know, it looks like it might happen at some point here. So eyes open um, uh, for a trade. Uh, kind of see where that goes. Um, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I heard a great one, by the way, and this may be really far-fetched, but I want your thoughts on this. This is, a, this is an Eagles thing. Nick Foles and the 32nd pick to the Bills for the 12th pick in A.J. McCarron. Well, I, I know we just, and I, I, that's just, I heard it. This it is pre Brandon Brooks redoing his contract. Yeah it's, pre, yeah. yeah. it's pre everything, but it's an interesting idea in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, no, it, it's super interesting. Cause you're basically betting that Carson Wentz's confidence that he'll be back week one is 75% true. Cause three times out of four, you get Wentz one time you have to do McCarran against, Against the against who was it the the Vikings week one? Um, yeah, that'd be uh, moving up though in this talented draft would be intriguing. Twenty spots. Yeah, I mean the that, difference that between that. yeah the difference so between Foles and McCarron. Right. How much did the drop off is now? I will say at that thirty second pick, there's a couple really. I was going to ask you, yeah, because the end of that round, because sort of right. the range of like top. You know, thirty to forty of where you could pick mm-hmm. seems really intriguing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I actually would be a big proponent. A lot of teams will jump if if let's say a quarterback falls like Lamar or Rosen, and they're available at thirty two. Whatever phone call you have to take to talk to some of those early picks, take the phone call. Worth yeah. dropping back. I actually have heard now with the potential issues with Michael Bennett. There is a potential for a defensive lineman, like a defensive tackle late, which may seem silly, but we only have two right now in Cox and Jernigan. Bringing in a guy like Maurice Hurst out of Michigan, who's a really talented kind of kind of combo guy, might Proctor not be Dr. The, Blitz. Right, may not be the worst case scenario there. So I would be fine with that. I, I don't know if I want a running back that high. I am interested in one, but I think we have enough talent that we can so possibly skip that. Who are you interested least, in? I, Ronald Jones out of um, at a USC. Yeah, I, I yeah. Think is a really, really under the radar back. Darius Geis is obviously getting a top. The other guy I really like is Sonny Michelle. Yeah, um, he's getting a lot of hype too. Yeah, right. Maybe more of a, a he's kind of a game changing kind of guy. I don't know. He kind of played a, a pass catching back role for Georgia this year with Nick Chubb also being there. But there's definitely an option. But I really like Ronald Jones. I'm not set on needing to do that, though. Um, I would also be very okay with a tight end. I really am high on Penn State's Mike Gusecki. He's a super athlete, big and strong. Um, you get him, and now we can move some pieces around because we're really we're now devoid with Selleck and Burton both gone. So Gusecki's the kind of guy you might be able to trade back and get as well. 
Um, there's also a guy to South Dakota D State, Dallas uh, uh, Goddard, who might end up, but then Hayden Hurst out of South Carolina. But I'm a big Gusecki guy. Loved watching him at um, at um, Penn State. Penn State, excuse me, I said that before. Um, but <laughs> if there's a guy that my my heart really wants, it's Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. This okay. guy is lightning fast. So he kind of gives you that difference. So you have at Jeffries, Alshon Jeffrey, his ability to go catch a ball. You have Aguilar's quickness in the slot. Kirk may not be the right guy, but if you think he's good enough to be a like a, a younger Torrey Smith and a, a field stretch guy, he's also a great return man. There's an option late in the first, even early second, if you trade out to pick up a guy like that. You know, you kind of get starry-eyed at, at skill position guys, and, and he's definitely a skill position guy that I'd want to at least eye up at some point. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I don't know if there's a way. I don't know if there's a bad way for us. Like I, like I think the options, whether it's a D lineman, a linebacker, if we think there's a guy there like Sean Evans falls, there's a lot of great options. So I'm pretty excited to see where they go with it. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting for a lot of different storylines, too. I mean, you have the Patriots with two first-round picks, so you see where they go. Um, obviously, what the Browns do, um, if the Giants hold – I think they still hold on to number two, but what do they do with it? Um, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a ton of fun, and it's only one round on Thursday, and that might – I know, I know. It's going to be – that's – going there last year was – awesome you got like live live picks and you got the you didn't get the espn um what's it the feed but they also had to cater to it and whatnot yeah but i'm excited to watch it on tv again it's gonna be a ton of fun no absolutely i'm i, I said i'm very 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 excited um i love every, it's all promise all the time which is fantastic no. yeah. <laughs> yeah gonna be good times but I think that's going to do it for us, man. You got anything else? No, that's really all I've got. Pay attention. A big, big night Friday for the NFL. Thursday, excuse me, and Friday for the NFL. Um, great weekend of baseball. And then, obviously, the continuation of, of, of TTP. Um, I'm fired up. Yes. Yeah, the Sixers are going to be fun. Make sure that you follow along on all of our social media accounts for that, for me up in Boston. Uh, for really this whole thing, We're, we are playing golf this weekend. It's been confirmed while we've been podcasting with uh, some of our other our other brethren, including intern Jerry. So we'll uh, we'll be sure to document his uh, his follies on the golf course. Uh, quick update: the Capitals are up two one now against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So there is that. But yeah, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Like I said, Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Thunderblogsports.com is where you can find all of our blog posts like mine today where I really let my emotions out about the Flyers and how bummed I was. But I'll digress. You, also, you heard us talk about it enough. Matt, thank you as always. This was a ton of fun. Of course. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.